I know what some of you are thinking. Those are just average shoes that he has on this morning. Well, what's going on? Let me tell you something about these average shoes. I've had these shoes for as long as I can remember, and they have traveled all over the world, probably been to, to Africa at least seven times, um, to Mexico countless times. So these are the most well-traveled shoes, unless someone can, you know, they have a pair of shoes that's more well-traveled, the most well-traveled shoes in the entire church. They've been everywhere. Many times I thought about throwing them out for a lot of different reasons, uh, not the least of which is the smell when I get home from a long plane flight from Nigeria with these shoes on with no socks. Um, but I just couldn't do it. The, uh, the, the soles, the, you know, kind of they're wearing out, and, but they're just so comfortable. And they are, they're kind of, they remind me when I have them on of missions. They remind me of impacting lives. They, they've been all over the world with me. And so this is, what the, this is what these shoes are all about this morning. And the reason I'm bringing that up, if you're here for the first time, is that we are in a series called Summer to Serve, Being God's Hands and Feet. And so every week I'm, gonna, I'm wearing a different pair of shoes that are a little, you know, kind of crazy sometimes and kind of normal the other times, but they all have a purpose and a meaning to remind us to be God's hands and to be God's feet and to be God's words of encouragement to those all around us, especially those who are in need. Um, I want to I want to kind of lay something else out for you. You know how sometimes I'll say something and I want you to say something back like, you know, you say, well, you, you know what I'm talking about, but here's what we're going to do this morning. Um, I'm going to say, that's radical. And I want you to say, yes, it is. When I say that's radical, you say, yes, it is, or yeah, it is. But you, you can't be kind of the, the you know, the, the Mason church that we normally are. You've you got to have a little soul behind it, okay? Or this is not going to work. When I say that, I say, that's radical. I don't want to hear, yes, it is. You know what I'm saying? I, I, there needs to be a little soul behind it. So I'm going to say, we're going to try it out, okay? That's radical. Yes, it is. Wow, you guys are, that was amazing. Now, the volume was good, but if, is Marilyn here by any chance? See, if Marilyn was here, she could show you what I mean by a little bit of soul in, in, in yes it is or yeah it is. So let's try it again, but put a little, put a little soul into it, okay? So that's radical. See, I heard some, yeah, I heard some up and down there. Yes, it is. Just picture yourself with a fan somewhere. You know what I mean? It's hot and everything. The pastor is going, yeah, you know what I'm saying? And you, yes, it is. You know what I'm saying? You got to get a little soul behind it. You got mm, mm, umph, all right? So it's coming. It's coming. It's not right up front, but it's coming. And once it comes, I need you to respond, okay? I need you to get into it because we're talking about being something being radical. We, gotta, we really got to respond and, and say to God, yes, it is. Yes, it is, Lord. And we will be enjoying ourselves this morning. Now, on my last trip to Nigeria, one of the workers, his name is Eddie. And Eddie, Eddie works for Self-Sustaining Enterprises, a ministry that we started through Grace Chapel. And Eddie has been one of our longest, uh, longest running workers there. He is a dedicated man, loving with all my heart. Uh, he's got some children. He's got two children. And last time I was there, Eddie said, can you come outside? I'd like you to meet my children. So I went outside and Eddie introduced me to his children who were standing there in their uniforms, their school uniforms. And Eddie wanted me to, to, be, uh, to, to know his children, to be introduced to his children so they could thank me, us, pretty much, you know, they wanted to thank the church and they wanted me to bring this back. They wanted to thank us for, uh, for sending Eddie's children to school. 
And so Eddie's family wanted to thank the family here at Grace Chapel for the transformation that he's seeing in his children's lives because it is through education that people's lives are actually changed and transformed. So I wanted to bring that message back because, you know, it's amazing that around the world, in many parts of the world, opportunity equals transformation. And education is opportunity. And so we were, we're giving children not only in, in, uh, in Nigeria, but in India and in Mexico, in Liberia, around the world, opportunity through education. And opportunity equals transformation. This morning, as we continue our series, Summer to Serve, Being God's Hands and God's Feet, I want to look at God's desire for every person to be able to meet their own basic needs. It is God's desire that every single person be able to meet their own basic needs. And I want to talk about the role of the church in helping bring that about, bringing that possibility about, that every person will be able to meet their own basic needs. You see, in God's economy, everyone should be able to support themselves and their families. And, and knowing that, the goal of this body we got to ask ourselves, what should the goal of this body be in bringing that possibility around? What should our responsibility be before God to bring about what God desires in the lives of every single person? So my friends, if this is the heart of God, this is God's desire, and we are to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ, then what are we going to do? What should we do? What can we do to bring this about, to make this happen, not only in the lives of people in our own community, but also around the world? What should our response be? You know, in developing nations, they have specific basic needs. We talked about this a few years ago, like seven years ago. People in third world countries have specific and basic needs that they need to supply. And I want to go through some of those basic needs this morning. And then I also want to share with you some of the things that we are doing, trying to do to make a difference. The first thing that people need is clean drinking water. They need clean drinking water. That's a basic. And I want to share with you a letter that Brian Hitchcock brought home with him um, that describes some of the things that we're doing in Nigeria, and this is specifically for our well drilling group, our well drilling company that we have in, in, uh, in Jos. The people of Nigeria are blessed to have a ministry such as Self Sustaining Enterprises Water Project operating in this country. Your crew are professionals in every area of procedure for producing quality boreholes. They are truly dedicated workers and worked from sunup to sundown until the job was finished. They are committed hard workers, and above all, they enjoy what they are doing. I have never witnessed such, such, witnessed such cooperation, dedication, and joy that was portrayed in these young men. There were six or seven workers at all times, and each knew what he was doing and when to do it. The, move, the movement was like clockwork. Their manner of service exemplified true laborers for God. The gleam in their eyes, the radiant smiles, and a joyful attitude was portrayed through, throughout the jobs they were assigned to do. When the borehole was complete, you could not tell who was most blessed, them or the people of the village that they came to serve. When the water gushed from the ground and the villagers cheered and clapped, the joy on their faces, the joy in the faces of the SS, SSE crew was priceless. We at MMTC had the pleasure of hosting them at our missions house. Our staff looked forward to having them come in every night after a full day's work and eat and fellowship with us. 
one of our staff was taken ill and was hospitalized, and the whole crew took the time after church to come to the hospital to visit and pray for their recovery. This was a true witness that they are the squad that God has chosen to be his water angels for Nigeria. In Exodus seventeen six, God spoke to Moses to strike the rock, and, and there shall come water out of it that the people may drink. On our site, and the school site, there was a rock that could not be penetrated by, the, uh, by hand tools, but God, through the ministry of SSE, Water Project of Nigeria, provided the rod to strike the rock. Now water has been provided for the people of two villages in Nigeria. We praise God for the vision and ministry of SSE and the men we call the God Squad. And it basically goes on to say, we love you. You know, it is absolutely amazing to, to see how God has been transforming lives in Nigeria. And if you, if you don't understand what it is, uh, for they talk about the cheering and the excitement. When you go to a borehole dedication in Nigeria, there is enthusiasm. There is an overwhelming joy in the people's hearts because fresh water, we turn on the tap, we get fresh water. I don't think anyone in this room has ever turned on the tap and started dancing and singing and screaming about the fact that water came out and I can actually drink it. Anybody here? No. There, when they pump that well, when they pump that borehole and that water comes out and everyone knows, I'm not going to get sick. My children aren't going to die. This is fresh, clean drinking water. We don't have to boil it. This is just good water. There's an excitement and enthusiasm. And God has used this body and other churches around here like the vineyard who've come together to help impact the lives of people all around the world. We are working together with so many other churches in our area, and it's been exciting to see God pull these bodies together so that we can impact the world around us. That, that There are people around the world who have a basic need for drinking water, and God has allowed us the privilege and the, and the opportunity to help provide that. People need also, they need access to jobs. We've been able to provide jobs for people around the world and in our own community. Through the, through the ministry of self-sustaining enterprises, a ministry that we started here at Grace Chapel, we were able to provide jobs through our thrift stores and through our special tea shop and through our Rockefeller's Pizza in different areas right in our own community. Also, we provided jobs around the world in Liberia, in Nigeria, in India, and all around. It's exciting to see what God has done through this church body over the past few years. People need access to jobs, and God is allowing us to help create some of those jobs. People need access to medical care. This is great. We've been, we've been providing medical care for people in Nigeria, especially for years. Now we're going to have an opportunity through Summer to Serve to fill up a crate, a 40-foot crate. And we're going to take that crate full of medical supplies. We're going to ship it to Nigeria to a hospital very close to our property where people then can have proper medical care. When we were there last time, People were actually, if you broke your leg in many of these places, they were taking sticks they broke off of trees and whatever they could find, wire or string, and they would try to set the leg as best they could with the sticks and tie their leg with the string, and that is what they used to set bones there. We're going to try to change that and impact people's lives through our medical shipment. And here's something really cool. The, the, um, the, the, the crate that we're going to use is 40 feet. And it'll cost us to ship it. It'll cost us a significant amount of money. But to buy the crate is only $2,000 more. We're going to try to buy this crate. When we ship it to Nigeria, we're going to take it to our property after it's emptied. And we're going to use that crate for, for food storage. 
We can use it for food storage because it'll be a great safe place to store food. And we're going to create a business from that food storage because you can buy certain types of food early in the season, very cheap. And then later in the season, when it's all gone, it sells for a lot more. And we're going to try to use that as an opportunity to build a business for people in Nigeria to have, to have jobs. But we're trying every way we can as a church, as, a, as an organization with self-sustaining enterprises and back-to-back ministries, we're coming around working together with other churches to provide these opportunities. And it's really, really been exciting. I want to make sure every single one of you gets to go to Mexico or Nigeria or India. At some point, you need to be involved in ministry overseas or, or, or somewhere like in Mexico because it, it really gives you a different feel. It gives you a different opportunity to see what God is doing. You serve here, you use your gifts and your abilities, and hopefully one day you'll be able to go there and see how God is impacting lives. People need access to education. There, there, there are children who need, desperately need, especially now in India, who are getting school supplies. But I'll tell you, India and right here at home, our, our uh, food pantry collects food suppl- uh, the school supplies for children right here at home. So our goal this summer is to get enough supplies for the kids in India and also for the kids right here at home to, you know, to, to try to give them the kind of education that they need. So people need education. The last thing is that people need, they need love. And here are some children, just an example of some children who need us to come around them. We are a global community, our vision says, of Christ followers, a global community. These children, these people that we are helping are not some people out there that we kind of, we have a relationship with these folks. They are a part of our church. They are part of our global community. We have taken the responsibility to take care of them. And one of the things that we want to do is over all these things that we talked about, put on love. Over all these things, we want to bathe them in love. Because more than anything else, that is what people need. They need love. Our love drives us to do these things. And we should continue to love those within our church, within our community, and around the world. And we will as God continues to bless our church. As a church, we, we've set a clear, clear vision for what we, how we want to touch lives. And we've made tremendous, tremendous progress over the last few years. It's been exciting. Um, and we can be proud of what God, and we've got to make sure we keep this first and foremost, of what God has done through us. Not what we have done, but what God has done through us. It is God who's doing all these things, and we are along for the ride. And we can take, we can take some pride in what God has done through us. But now is not the time to rest, my friends. We can look back at what all, all that God has done all around the world, but now would not be the time to rest, to truly impact our world for Jesus Christ. We need to become the body that the word of God speaks about. We need to become united as one. We need to be one in Jesus Christ. We are his body. The body is not pieces laying all over. The body is together, one. And that's how it functions best. We need to be his body, his people to impact impact the world around us. We need to display such a love for each other and those 
outside of our church that the world is drawn into a relationship with Jesus Christ. When people see this church, when they hear about this church, when they, when they interact with people in this body, they should be drawn, they should be literally drawn into a relationship with Christ because of the way we love each other and the way we love those around us. Our church should have such a dynamic, selfless, self-sacrificial self sacri- love that the world cannot deny that we are followers of Christ and they cannot deny the power of God in our lives. That's the kind of church that God has called us to be. That's the kind of church we are now and that's the kind of church we need to continue to be. But we need to even take a, a more radical stand. We need to keep moving forward. We need to keep being bold for God, being unorthodox for God and walking in the footsteps of Jesus Christ. In John chapter 17, verses 20 through 23, Jesus prays this prayer. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. I in them and you in me. May they be brought to complete unity to let the world know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. How we love and how we live will have an impact on a watching world. How you and I love each other as followers of Christ and how we live our lives has a dramatic impact on a watching world. What does it say to the world when the church, when the body of Jesus Christ does not take care of those within its own body, in its community, and around the world? On the other hand, what does it say to a watching world when the body of Christ does reach out and impact lives? When you share the kinds of things that are going on just within Grace Chapel with your friends and neighbors and relatives and people at school, that should, that should encourage them. If you ask the, a, a statistical question like they ask people, what is it that would, would cause you to go to church? Or why don't you go to church? One of the biggest reasons is they say that the church is not living out what Jesus Christ is preaching. What Jesus Christ preached, what the word of God says, the world does not see the church living that out. On the other hand, when the church lives that out, people in the community are drawn into a relationship with Christ. And that's the kind of church that God calls us to be. That's the kind of church that we should be. My friends, people are looking for reasons to believe. They're looking for a reason to believe. Let's give them one. Let's give them a reason to believe. In this culture right now, people are off balance. They're confused. They're frustrated. They don't know which end is up. They don't know which side. There's a frustration like I've never seen before. People are looking for something to hold on to, for truth to hold on to. They're looking for someone to believe in. Let's give them a reason to believe in the God who has created them. Let's continue to be a vibrant living New Testament church that is acting out kingdom values. Let's continue to do that as a church, as the body of Jesus Christ. Now, you may be thinking in your mind after all of that, how can we do more? Weren't you thinking that? Right, see, you were. How can, how can we do more? Well, I'm glad you asked. 
I'm glad you asked because I want to talk about how we can do more. What we, and we talked about, oh, we're doing this and we're doing this. Those are all great things. But you know what? They, they're, they're a bit radical. They're a bit unorthodox. They're, they're a bit bold. But how can we be even more radical? How can we even be, even be more bold, more unorthodox in our church? If you're looking for a church where you're ready to go for a ride and to see some amazing things happen in your life over the next few years, you're in the right place. You are in the right place. We are not going to stand back and let things happen to us. We're going to move forward and allow God to use us to impact our world. You know, here's, here's one of the ways that we can be different. The early church, if we're using the early church as an example, the early church, they shared, they sacrificed, they served with all of their hearts. If we want to walk with Jesus Christ, then we need to do what Jesus tells us to do. We need to go where Jesus tells us to go. We need to do that. We need to be, we need to be radical people for Jesus Christ. There are some of you here this morning that long-term don't belong here. And here's what I mean. God has been speaking to your heart for years to step out, to step out and maybe go somewhere around the world and be a missionary or, 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 or maybe start a business somewhere around the world that you can hit, where you can impact other people's lives. But God may be calling you. I don't know who it may be, but God may be calling some of you to, to step out and be bold for Jesus Christ and, and live in a place where you've never been before or do some things you've never done before. Step out of your comfort zone. You know, there are people right here in our church who've done that. We have people in our church, Brent and Lisa, who went to India. They, they, they went to India. They, she, she left her practice. He left a strong business. They sold their house. They sold their things. And they moved to India to impact people's lives there. You know, there are people who've been like that in Nigeria and Mexico from our body right here at Grace Chapel. There are also people here at Grace Chapel who serve right in this body, who raise their own support like a missionary. Chris Cox does it. Chris does that. Meredith Landers does that. Kim Greer, Kim, oh, Kim Greer, sorry. Kim Barker, my daughter. They're married now. I write that sometimes and I'm like, oh, no, no. Kim Barker does that. People within our own body who are raising their own support, they're, 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 they're stepping out in a radical way to serve Jesus Christ in the children's ministry and the youth ministry. They're impacting the lives of your children. They're sacrificing to do that, raising their own support. Maybe God has, is, has been talking to you and calling you to step out in faith and do something like that. You've been holding back. You need to allow him to speak to your heart. You need to move wherever God calls you to move and do whatever God calls you to do. It's, it's the radical, unorthodox, bold faith that we talked about last week. That's what I'm talking about. It's, it's that stepping out in faith, trusting God. What does it mean to truly trust God? That's what we're talking about this morning. That's what we've been talking about through Summer to Serve. God is asking us to do radical things with our lives. I mean, he has been for two... For, oh, since God has spoken to his people, he's asked us to do things that are out of our comfort zone. In 1 John chapter 2, verse 6, it says this, Whoever claims to live in him must walk as Jesus did. Do you claim to be a follower of Jesus Christ? Then you need to walk as Jesus did. Jesus was bold. Jesus was willing to sacrifice his life. Jesus stepped out 
We need to step out. If we're going to be called followers of Jesus Christ, then we need to follow. We need to follow him. And in Matthew chapter 19, verse 21, it says this. Jesus answered, if you want to be perfect, go sell your possessions and give to the poor and you will have treasures in heaven. Then come and follow me. That's radical. Yeah, you're a little slow on that. Let me read this again because it really is, okay? Jesus answered, if you want to be perfect, go sell your possessions and listen to what, listen to what he's saying here. I'm not just saying this is radical. Yeah, it is. You know what I mean? Think about this. Think about this. Sell, all, sell your possessions and give to the poor and you will have treasures in heaven. Then come and follow me. That is radical. It is. It really is. I mean, you think about what he's talking about. My, my friends, economic sharing was at the heart of the early church. It was at the heart of the early church. It was who they were. It was what they did. They were willing to share. They were willing to sacrifice. They were willing to serve God at all cost. You know, w- w- Whenever someone was in need here, they shared what they had. They had a heart to share. For the, they had a heart to share with the needy, and that reflected the heart of God to a, to a watching world, and they responded. They responded to those things. They responded to the, to the church stepping out in faith. In Acts chapter 2, verses 43 through 47, it says, Everyone was filled with awe. Listen to this. Everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common, selling their possessions and goods. They gave to anyone as he had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. Listen to what it's saying. And the Lord added to their numbers daily those who were being saved. Listen, we can talk about being radical and we can talk about being bold and we can talk about being unorthodox, but that is never going to happen until we do the simple things. You know what the simple things are? The simple things are coming together as the body of of Christ. You and I joining together as the body of Christ, becoming a real true body of believers. And that means we need to meet together. That means we need to connect with each other. That means we need to be praying with each other. That means I need to understand your life and you need to understand the life of the person next to you. You need to understand their gifts and their abilities and their talents. You need to understand what they're going through in their lives, how you can help them and how they can help you when you go through something difficult. That is the body of Christ. And until that happens, we are not not going to see the bold, radical, and orthodox things that we've been talking about. We, you, as the body of Christ, all of you individually, I, we all need to be involved in life groups. I'm involved in three life groups in this church. I meet with people on Wednesdays mornings at 7 o'clock. I meet with men on Wednesdays uh, at 7 o'clock at night. We have a group that we meet with, a small group of people as well. We, we are involved in the lifeblood of this church, not just as the senior pastor, but getting involved in people's lives weekly on a regular basis. If we are going to truly see God move in our church, we need to come together as one body. We need to come together so we know each other. We're connected to each other. And as that happens, God will allow the world to look at this church and say, something radical is happening there. I want to be a part of what's going on there. To lead people into a closer relationship with Jesus Christ. But it starts with the simple things. You know, when they talk about, it talks about all the believers were together and had everything in common. Selling their possessions and goods, they gave to anyone as he had need. 
Every day they committed to meeting together in the temple courts. They broke bread. I mean, this went beyond our modern idea of tithing. Okay, what they were doing here, we're talking about this, this New Testament church, this went beyond our modern idea of timing, tithing. They, they went the extra mile. They had a radical, life-altering passion for God that overflowed and changed people's lives. You couldn't look at what they were doing and step back and say, oh, that's not important. You remember that? I, I brought this up before. You remember that time uh, that, that crazy guy came in and killed a bunch of kids that were a part of the Amish community? I think in Pennsylvania, and the, and the news media went down there to, they want to do a story on this, this, this murderer guy. You know what they ended up doing a story on? They ended up doing a story on how amazing the Christians there were when they, uh, when they forgave the person who killed their children and came around and ministered to the family of the man who killed their own children. That was the story. That ended up being the story. It was so radical. It was so unorthodox. It was so bold. It was so Christ-like that all these hardened, you know, media people were stunned at how these folks could react that way. That became the story. He became secondary. What he did became secondary to what they did. That is what I'm talking about. The world cannot help but to see believers who are radical in their faith and living out a Christ-likeness, they cannot help but be drawn into a relationship with God or at least give God a second thought and think to themselves, there's something real here. There's something, there's something dynamic and real here. This went beyond their modern, this modern idea of tithing. These people stepped out in faith. In Acts chapter 4 and verse 36 and 30, 37, it tells us, Joseph, a Levite from Cyprus, whom the apostles called Barnabas, which, which means son of encouragement, sold a field he owned and brought the money and put it at the apostles' feet. That's radical. Now you're thinking, man, he may be going somewhere. I'm not, I'm not be quiet now. I gotta be, it's radical, but I don't show up. I want to be that radical. I, I, I'm not going to ask anybody this morning to sell anything. Personally, I'm not going to ask you to do any of that because I want you to think about, is this radical, okay? What I just read to you, he went and he owned a field, sold a field, brought it to the money to, and put it at the apostles' feet. That is radical, is it not? Yes, it is. Yes, it, is. it is. It's radical, okay? That is bold. That is radical. That is, that is, that is, that is what God is, called him to do, and he responded in a miraculous way. You know, you'll hear some people say, oh, why bother? Why, why bother? You know, why are you getting so excited that, that you, you can't help everyone? I mean, you talk about these kids in Nigeria or in Mexico or India or in our own community and the kids that are, you know, that we're doing the ride thing and all the impact in the food pantry and the thrift store. And oh, it's all neat, all good stuff. But there's so many other people that you're not reaching. So why bother? You know what? Let me quote you a scripture. The poor will always be with us. That's what some people think. That's what they say. And I mean, I mean, I, here's how I respond to that. You're right. The Bible says the poor will always be with us. And they will. But you know what? If you're truly going to quote the Bible, you need to read on. You need to read on a little bit. In the Old Testament book of Deuteronomy, God promised Israel that if Israel was obedient, that they would eliminate poverty among God's people. That poverty would be eliminated amongst God's people if they would be obedient to God. In Deuteronomy chapter 15, verses 4 and 5, it says, However, there should be no poor among you, for in the land the Lord your God is giving you to possess as your inheritance, he will richly bless you if only you fully obey the Lord your God and are careful to follow all these commands I am giving you today. 
Wow. Okay, now it says that, but could that, that couldn't really happen, right? I mean, you know, it's neat that, that that's an idea out there that they could, they could wipe out poverty in their little world there, but that couldn't happen, correct? In Acts chapter 4, verses 34 and 35, it did. There were no needy persons among them, for from time to time, why were there no needy persons? For from time to time, those who owned lands or houses sold them, brought the money for the sa- for, from the sales, and put it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to anyone as he had need. That is radical. Yes, yes, it is. Absolutely. That is radical. That is radical. I mean, they, they, they see people in need, and here's, here's what's radical about it. They may not, listen to this, they may not have wiped out poverty around the world, my friends, but they look at the world around them and they focused on eliminating a pocket of poverty around them. That is radical. And I'll tell you why it's radical. I'll tell you how it's radical. Our vision that we have as the body of Christ here at Grace Chapel, in one place, I'll just pick Nigeria for example, is to go. We have land in Nigeria, hundreds of acres, to build a self-sustaining community in Nigeria and to wipe out a pocket of poverty of the village that is really close to our land, that is connected to our land. Our goal is to focus our attention on a pocket of poverty and wipe out that pocket of poverty. And people say, oh, that's impossible. Oh, that'll never happen. Oh, well, wait a second. There were no needy persons among them, for from time to time people sold lands, and it happened. There were no needy persons among them. This is a radical way of doing things. It can happen if we trust that God, the God who's called us, will make it happen. If we just trust God, we will see things that you never thought you'd ever see in your life, experience things you never thought you'd experience in your lives. Seven years ago, I told you that we would go to Nigeria and that we would build, start to build a self-sustaining community and we'd start to see this and this and this. Seven years later, we are there. We are building that community. Things are happening there. Water's being drilled. Businesses are being started. People are being hired. Lives are being changed. Children are living in a place we call the Oasis House. Why do we call it the Oasis House? Because it is a gorgeous house that children who used to live in a little hovel a hole who are terrified every single night of their landlord is now going to live in a beautiful place surrounded by 500 acres of all the land they can run on for the rest of their lives. That, my friends, is something to be excited about. That, my friends, is something that we dreamed about seven years ago, and now it is happening. And what I'm saying to you is, we will wipe out this pocket of poverty. It will happen. It's a fact waiting to happen. We just have to look at God's timing and say, God, when do you want to bring this about? And here's the dynamic, radical, exciting, unorthodox thing. Here's what gets me excited. If we, I'm sorry, I take that back. When we accomplish this, because we certainly will, we can certainly do it. When we accomplish this, can you imagine when we set the foundation and we create the example for our children to follow? Can you imagine our children who are better than we are at most things, especially when they get older, can you imagine what they're going to be able to do building on the example that we have set, something they can look at, an example they can follow, a model that they can use other places around the world? Can you imagine what our children and grandchildren are going to do around the world as we wipe out pocket of poverty after pocket of poverty after pocket of poverty. These aren't pipe dreams, my friends. These are realities. This is going to happen. This is happening now. It is going to happen. We are going to see some of these things in our own lifetime. If, God, if it be God's will, maybe, just maybe, we will sit under the tree of the seed that we planted in one area. 
It will happen. God is going to do it. God is going to change lives, and we're going to be able to see that happen. You know, with a heart of giving, with a heart of giving, a New Testament heart of giving, and a plan of action, we can change the world. We can change the world around us. You doubt that? Some people say, ah, I'm not sure I doubt that. And I say to them, oh, ye of little faith. Oh, ye of little faith, did not Jesus say in John 14, 12, I tell you the truth, anyone who has faith in me will do what I have been doing. He will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. That is radical. Oh, I do not think so. Um, Let me read that again, okay? Oh, my goodness. Listen, this is what Jesus said. Either you're calling Jesus a liar. Now, listen, Jesus said, I tell you the truth. So Jesus is telling us the truth. He says, anyone, anyone, you got to read, you got to look at the words here. Anyone who has faith in me will do what I have been doing. Do you know what Jesus was doing when he was here? Holy mackerel. He will do even greater, th- greater things than these because I am going to the Father. That is a radical statement. Yes. Oh my goodness, it is. He's saying that when I'm going to go to the Father, I'm going to go to the Father, and I'm going to those of you, those believers in Jesus Christ who are willing to, have tr- to truly trust God with their lives, who are willing to be radical and bold and unorthodox, I'm going to do things in you that you could not possibly imagine, that you couldn't even comprehend. I'm going to do those things through you. He says that you will do even greater things than these. Who will do those? The body of Christ, His body will do these things. His body, God wants to work through his body. And the body of believers who's willing to believe that is going to see things that you would not imagine. Are you ready for a ride, my friends? Because if you're willing to get on, you will be on the ride of your life. You will see things that you've never thought you would see in your lifetime because God's promises are true. These people were radical. Jesus' prayer in John 17, that our unity and love would, 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 be a, would, would, would be seen by people around the world, that our unity and love would be so amazing that, that those outside of the church would believe that Jesus was sent by the Father, was fulfilled, finds its fulfillment in their love and their obedience. People are drawn into a relationship with Christ because of the way they lived. In, and in their giving, in their, in their obedience, they experience the kind of power that each one of us would desire to experience in our lives, to see that. They experience answer to prayer. They experience the promises of God, the fulfillment of His promises. They experience, listen, they experience the, the kind of fellowship and the kind of love, and the kind of joy, and the kind of peace, and the kind of freedom that most people only dream about. I know every single person here who has a relationship with Christ. You want to experience the power of God. You want to experience the fulfillment of His promises. You want to experience freedom in Christ. You want to experience a radical, dynamic Christian life. You are sick of living a mediocre Christian life and just walking in the and in, in, in being lukewarm. You just want to shake it off you and live a dynamic life for Christ. And I'm telling you, together, together, not as individuals, but together, working together, we can see all of this come about. 
we can experience everything that God has for us, everything that he has promised us. You know, the, the amazing thing about the New Testament church, the early New Testament church, is their stuff did not own them like it does us today. Their stuff did not own them because they never claimed to own their stuff. See, you say, I want to be a follower of Jesus Christ. The problem is our stuff owns us and our feet are stuck in concrete. So Jesus starts to walk and we're like, wait, wait for me. Wait for me. You can't move because your stuff owns you. There's nothing wrong with being a millionaire, my friends. Nothing wrong with it. There's nothing wrong with being a billionaire as long as it doesn't own you. See, the, the New Testament believers didn't, they, they were never, they, they, they weren't stuck with their stuff. They didn't claim to own their stuff. We need to understand biblically that what we have as believers in Jesus Christ does not belong to us. It belongs to God. And God lets us use it for a period of time while we're on this earth to be good stewards of what he has given to us. It belongs to him. He owns it. That's why, as Christians, we need to have freedom in Jesus Christ. What God calls us to go, we go. When God t- tells us to do, when he tells us how high, when he says a jump, we say how high. That is what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ. We need to have freedom. We need to have freedom. And the kind of freedom, my friends, that some people could only dream about is in our grasp if we'll understand what God is calling us to do. In Acts chapter 4 and verse 32, it says, All the believers were one in heart and mind. They all thought the same thing. No one claimed that any of his possessions was his own, but they shared everything they had. That is radical. It is. I mean, it is. And this isn't like some cultural thing they did back then, and we don't have to do it now, and blah, blah, blah. And I'm not telling you to bring all your money and put it in one big pot. We're going to live in a commune. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the heart of the New Testament church. That heart to say, God, you own it all. It's all yours. I give it to you. I give myself to you. I want to just live for you. Use me, God, in any way that you choose. This became a part of who they were, not just what they did. Not just what they did. They saw the overwhelming need of those around them. They would not shrink back from the challenge. They, 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 they refuse to shrink back. Last week, I issued a challenge to this church. I issued a challenge to do something radical, to do something unorthodox, to do something bold. And, and many of you have taken that challenge to heart. And this morning, as I close, I want to give you an opportunity to bring your gifts and your sacrifices to the altar, to the cross. Now, don't get all nervous, okay? I realize that that... This is going to be more than just a a, a one-day type of thing. Last week we talked about it. Some of you weren't even here. Some of you are still praying about it. So this isn't a a, a call to make anyone feel uncomfortable. I really want you to be praying about it. I really want you to be thinking it through. But I want you to be thinking it through now. I, I want you to step out in faith now. I mean, I don't mean this morning now. I mean now soon. 
I want you to be thinking this through because there are things in your life that you need to let go of. There are things in your life that are holding you back from taking that next step and following Jesus Christ. That is what we're talking about. You cannot be bold, radical, or unorthodox if there are simple things in your life that are holding you back. You need to think through. And for you, it may be unorthodox, radical, and bold. For someone else, they're thinking, that's no big deal. But for you, it is a huge deal. And for you to get on with your life and follow Jesus Christ, you need to let that go. You need to let it go. Let me give you some examples of what some people are doing. Some are jumping with both feet when it comes to serving. I mean, they're serving in so many different areas. They are just saying, you know what? It's my chance to serve. I am going to serve God with my whole heart. Some are fasting something that they truly love, something specific. Some are making life decisions. Let me read you an email, one of the emails that I got uh, this week. I have a lot of different things, people coming to me and sharing with me. This was a neat one, and I want to give you an example. Hi, Jeff. During your sermon this a.m., I decided the radical thing I need to do is set a better example for my kids if it's not too late. The radical goal I have is not to watch TV during the week. See, I've gotten into the habit since I've been the breadwinner working full-time these past two or three years of crashing at night in front of the, t- in front of the tube. I talked about it on the way home from church today that, it, that it's so bad in so many levels, especially uh, since the media does not feed my mind with God's way of thinking by any stretch of the imagination. I've, I've ra- I rationalize that I deserve, I deserve a rest after working all day, but the bad habit has made me a couch potato, fat blob, not, not only physically, but spiritually. I'm hoping to fill the t- that time with reading and serving and physical exercise. Anyway, thought I'd pass along my goal to you, so now I'm accountable. Thanks for listening, and thanks for the encouragement. That's just one example. Someone is saying, you know what? I, how can I move on with my life and, 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 and do the things that God has called me to do? I need to take this first step. I need to reach out in this first step for God. I don't know what it is for you. I don't know exactly what God's calling you to do. Maybe he's, give, he's calling you to, to give something sacrificially, or maybe he's calling you to donate items that can be sold or whatever. You know, one person went through their house and gathered up all, as much as they could possibly get and took a truck to the new to you thrift store and dumped all the stuff off that could be sold there and used to impact people's lives. I have no idea what God is calling you to do. It may be that God has been calling you to do something radical around the world or right here at home and you haven't been listening. I, don't, I have no idea. What I'm asking you to do this morning is to step out in faith and do what God is calling you to do. The idea is to do something radical for God, to invest in the kingdom of God. And then, my friends, it is to step back and watch his blessings flow. Let's watch what he's going to do. Here's what I'd like you to do. There's a card on your seat when you first came in, or use your family news bulletin. Just write it on the back of your family news bulletin, rip it off. But here's what I want you to do. I want you to write down what it is that God has been calling you to do. What has God been prompting you to do? What radical, bold, unorthodox thing has, been God, has God been calling you to do? Now, here's the reality. For some of you, you don't know yet. Don't write anything down. Don't just write something down because it's Sunday morning and I'm asking you to do something. It's okay. Do it next week. Do it the week after. Do it the week after that. During this series, I'd like you to pray about it and think about it during this series, okay? But this morning... God may be prompting you, and if he is, then you write it down. Make that commitment before God. You don't have to sign your name to anything. No one's holding. I am not holding you accountable. This is more than between you and Grace Chapel. This is between you and the Lord, okay? This is between you and God, what you are choosing to do for the Lord. 
if God has prompted your heart to do something radical, bold, unorthodox, then I want you to write it down. And as Jen plays and she sings, I want you to bring that forward and lay it at the cross. Put it at the foot of the cross. Leave it here. Allow God to speak to your heart this morning. Allow God to truly work in your life this morning. And if you don't bring anything here this morning, I want to make sure that you go home and you think about this and you talk to your your family, you talk to your kids, and you ask them, what are we going to do as a family? What radical, bold, unorthodox thing are we going to do to follow God's call and to be obedient to Him? Because, my friend, it is time to take those next steps. It is time to get out of the boat and start walking on the water. Thank you.